Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm this morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? A lot to discuss. Good to be back again. I think it's Arsenal, PSV Arsenal. Then we take on the Seagulls, who, you know, we've had quite a putrid record at the Eminence, might I add. Yeah. So, uh, Arsenal was the Eindhoven for the final group game. Uh, Arsenal first, uh, you know, really rung the changes. And I mean, my gut feeling was already telling me, you know, whichever way you look at it, it's going to be, you know, almost like uh, not only every weather because of, like, say, the home crowd, but you just knew, like, with with both teams just about qualifying already, it, it wasn't going to be, you know, really a, you know, a con, uh, contest for the history books type of thing. Uh, I think a dead rubber is an understatement because no matter what happened, they would not, nothing would change anything in the group, you know. So yeah, that's literally just like like I even not watching this game with absolutely no emotion. Like it was just like oh, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah, and I mean, look, PSV started very positive, and I beat and took you know the game really to Arsenal because I mean you could actually see some of the guys were that were playing. You know, were the ones also that, that were um, lacking minutes. Um, what what I also wanted to mention was, like, uh, the winger, Johan Bakayoko, he was being a menace for the majority of the first half. Because, I mean, he was... You could actually see, especially now, if you don't have, you know, enough game time in your legs, to come up against somebody like him, that's quite tricky and that. He was actually, you know, pulling the strings for, for PSV in that, that, that first uh, part of the, the half. Yeah, I know, and I, I do think with like Gabriel and Saliba actually showed, you know, what the proper defensive partnership can do. Because I think without the two of them, we could have seen ourselves further behind. And also, what actually good to see Ramsdale get his first Champions League debut. Yeah. Uh, then in the 42nd minute, great interplay between Cedric of all people and and Nelson, and they both find you know they end up finding Ketia who ends up steadying himself and fires the ball past Walter Benitez in the PSV goal at Arsenal go one up. Yeah, you know, one up, but I don't think we really deserved that. I mean, over the you know the first opening minutes of the game, our, our PSV were quite dominant in my opinion. But you know, we take it, and you know, I didn't even celebrate the goal. They're just you know watching the ball in the net gave it like a small you know. Just like showed my fist up to the heavens, and that was it. You know, there was no, you know, normally I uh, give a shout or like clap hands or something because, like I said, you know, which which is testament to Arsenal. You know, I, I know I'm going on about this game being beyond a dead rubber, but it's testament to Arsenal coming back into the Champions League and, you know, finishing the group with a game to spare. I mean, you yeah. know, when last have we done that? Yeah. Uh, second half, PSV come out, you know, even more driven to get something out of the game. Also, see more content, just controlling the game. That's like you know what I was speaking of. Uh, then on 50 minutes, uh, Sabari ends up sli- sliding in a pass for Pepe, and Saliba ends up you know trying to get a tackle in, which allows the gap in the box. Pepe then ends up making as if he wants to shoot and himself, and he ends up teeing up the Tesson, the like the winger who comes who drifts into the box and draws a low drive pass Ramsdale, and it's one one. Yeah, no, nothing less than they deserve. But, you know, I think um, Arsenal didn't do much to kind of show that they want to, to kill this game. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, they were toying with Tomza too much. Uh, then, 61st minute, uh, uh, El Nini ends up going to the ground, only his hamstring. And I mean, it was also what I was saying before a sign of lack of game time and, you know, playing a competitive uh, match. 
will also take its toll on, on muscles, and then Odegaard ends up coming in to replace the Egyptian. Then, of course, as the match like, you know, slowly peters out at the, uh, at the end, uh, they both share the spoils at full time, and I mean, ending this uh, group stage top, and but also the format as a whole uh, will also come to an end if if, if uh, the listeners also have taken note, because the new Champions League format uh, will, like you know, very much uh, Super League 2.0 will commence from next season onwards. And so, 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 so just for me, it was like I haven't gone too much into detail of that. Is that? Everybody kind of played each other once, and then the top four or the top no, eight no, no. going. That's going to be, if I read correctly, uh, from 32 to 36 teams. And then each, uh, like, like say Arsenal, Arsenal will get a, a team of, like, like in that uh, Super League thing, uh, there's going to be something like, uh, f- like four teams that will be, uh, you know, put against. Where they will have to play most of home in a way, but almost like you know, almost like a, a, a league format. Okay. So it's gonna be like you know, it's gonna also like be very much jumbled up and whatever. And, and but even though it's gonna like when the, you look at the league table, it's gonna be like you know one big thing with all the teams in. But you already have your uh, you know your teams in the, that that chosen zone. Like say we'll be in a, a group with like we plus another four teams will be with us. That will be, you know, tagging along in this whole group thing. Each thing will work like it. Okay, quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, but as as I said, that it, it is like no matter which way you look at it, or, you know, which way you try to or they try to paint it. That is a super league they just do, you know. Yeah. That they were so in in uproar about and and not wanting the, the you know the big clubs to go into and yet yeah you way for doing the very same thing like just of course a different type of format so they're not saying like you know you're copying it clearly but i mean this is roughly the way it's going to play itself out and then it's like after that then it comes to that sort of like the top uh say the top 16 of that thing or whatever or whatever 18 or whatever then they will go into that knockout phase and then we get the knockout stages of the champions league like at all uh, uh, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't slate it just yet. Even though, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with this format. You know, but uh, you know, let's let's see how it goes. And no, but the, and, reason, and, the reason I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, the reason I kind of am very iffy or sketchy about it because when you think how they like UEFA wanted to threaten teams that were on the verge or wanting to partake in a sort of super league thing, besides playing the domestic league, yeah. And, like, you know, they were banning them with the sanctions and this and that, you know, even that you think, yet now they are following the same protocol. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's still even. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this format, but mm-hmm. like you said, you know, maybe there's a hidden agenda behind it all. Yeah. But I mean, as I said, like, we can also discuss it, you know, in future shows and also more in depth in it. Um, the next match we're going to go on to, Arsenal versus Brighton. Uh, Arsenal took on the bogey side of the Emirates. Uh, the Seagulls, you know, the last time they took us on was in last May. And, I mean, they ended up tonking us 3-0. And, I mean, it just that was just about the beginning of the end of our title challenge. Ah, uh, no, that was that was actually quite quite an uh, ordeal. You know, even the season before where they, where they, you know, kind of ended the top four hopes of ours as well because they, they punished us also at the Emirates. And even at... When, or was it when we still had Ljungberg as coach, they also beat us. So, 
you know, they were really getting the better of us. And, and you know, Brighton's a team that always makes me nervous whenever they come to the Emirates. And, and I mean, that, uh, well, whether it was like, you know, Graham Potter before, in the years before or Deservey now, I mean, they have a sort of neck where they can play expansive, fantastic one-touch football. But I mean, if they need to get, you know, you know, roll their sleeves up and go get in the grind, they can do exactly that. And I mean, they've we, how many teams haven't we seen where they not only put them to the sword, but, you know, really make, make life, life tough for you. And I mean, it's, they become almost like a team that you would call a, a banana skin. Like, you know, when you come across a team like that in the FA Cup, they something like that that's, uh, that's now, in, as, as you would, your favourite was the upper echelons of football. That's how the, what they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely are there. They are about, I mean, you know, teams don't just take points from them anymore. I mean, you look at Liverpool, okay, albeit away from home. Yeah. I mean, they, but they, they got, they threw to Brighton and look what, look what um, they did to uh, Man United also at Old Trafford. They beat them 3 1. So, you know, they're not, not a team to be scoffed at. And if, yeah. I mean, they, they can, they can take you on very easily. Yeah. So I'm going to also go back to the same squad that uh, lost to Aston Villa the previous week. Uh, Brighton got the game underway and immediately you can see Arsenal start to high press and try to. Almost like off encamped themselves in the the Brighton off because Brighton were almost a kind of even though they were trying to play the the short ball out they were end up you know uh, just getting compressed in their own box in their in own half I should say. Yeah, no, I think um, Arsenal like made it very difficult for Brighton even though I was getting frustrated with kind of a, a, a lack of finishing but. If 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 you look at it, you know they limited Brighton to to not a lot of of, of clear goal scoring opportunities, yeah. albeit that you know we were missing the target quite woefully. Yeah, fully agree with you there. Uh, a big chance in the 15th minute for Arsenal. Odegaard ends up receiving a ball from the edge of the box, gets inside the Brighton box, and then you know cuts inside, bends a ball far post, and I mean it was just just wide, and I mean for Bruggen in 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 goal for. Brighton, he looked really worried trying to, you know, uh, go across his goal to try to claw the ball away. I'm, I'm hoping this can spark Odegaard's form, but I mean, you know, his, his, his shots in front of the poles have, have been quite bad, you know, missing chances that, you know, should be converted. I mean, it was, I think, was it against Luton or there was another game? Oh, it was against Aston Villa. We also, you know, he was, was missing these chances that he would have normally you know, put away and you wonder, like, you know, was last season just a purple patch of his or like a, like a Rashford, for example, or, you know, is, does he have an eye for goal? Because, I mean, the, the, the chances that he's been throwing away, you know, is, is not good enough, you know, especially if you want to compete at the top. Yeah, I fully agree with you because, I mean, there's been, I mean, it's going to lead me also to another point that I'm going to bring up also now because uh, 32nd minute, a big opportunity goes amiss for the Gunners because Odegaard ends up Feeling Saka with a fantastic out of the like you know outside of the boot uh, pass, he ends up cutting the ball back to Martinelli, and Martinelli ends up skying a ball that surely should have been an easy chance. But this is now what gonna, what's going to bring me now to the next point because I don't know what's also been happening to Martinelli at the moment. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's not doing that sort of direct dribbling that we know him for. He's checking back a lot, and I mean every time I don't know you. Sometimes, maybe our listeners also, what you can also sometimes do is when you watch an Arsenal match, just watch what happens or what the opponents do. The minute Odegaard, sorry, Odegaard, Martinelli ends up checking the ball back, just watch how many of them start flooding back at full and go immediately in either 
they're two banks of four, or they're just sitting behind and 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 you know holding everything at bay because then they're not gonna budge or move whatever because now they know they've got all the men behind the ball and now Arsenal's gonna have to uh, have trouble to break uh, you know break through the 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 channels because every time I think to myself just get the ball and go like because I mean he's yeah. got speed he's got the skill and he sometimes he almost like he ends up tangling himself like that one way. I don't know if you remember also if it, if it leads us also in the second half now where yeah yeah it was a second half where he ends up doing some fine work to get away from his markers then he gets in the box and then I'm thinking okay now you're gonna have to start either pull the trigger or lay the yeah. ball for somebody and he just started doing skills upon skills <laughs> and I was telling my son this guy's legs are gonna start getting like his son is gonna feel like it's on fire now because now. All they're doing is just holding him up, holding him up. And you can actually see the ideas running out of his head. Yeah, I know. It's becoming very frustrating for me. For someone that I've backed for a long time. Uh, like, you know, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, you and I are here. Here's one moment we like a play, a moment we slay them and they're not doing well. But yeah. his overall gameplay has been very frustrating this season. Like, yeah, you got, you got the goal against Luton, against Man City. But his overall end product, you know, it's almost like, you know, with Arsenal sometimes get hit, go on a counter-attack, his final product is just lacking. And for a guy last season who was up top there with the top scorers and, you know, with there and there about with assists as well, like he hasn't been contributing much. You know, a lot of people slated Kai Havertz at the start of the season, but, I mean, you know, he's finding the back of the net. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that is actually becoming concerning because... I mean, he's like one of our, our, our bright sparks, but it, it's almost like teams are not setting themselves out, for, like especially with him and, and Saka. That's why sometimes I think Saka can also infuriate some Arsenal fans because like he, he's got almost like that, just that one little, you know, that little drag over with a one foot and then he like tries to uh, get himself back inside. And I think like, like him, especially those sort of guys that play on the wings, that are like Arsenal's becoming almost like a sort of team where Teams now know they're going to either double or triple up against like the wingers or whatever. And I just find they should have a, you know have something more in your box, you know, in your trick box to to get yourself out of uh, trouble or you know interplay a bit faster because yes. every time it's like that, that that slow, slow, slow stuff. And I'm thinking you guys, I mean, look, you can see Arsenal. Or, I don't know if you know this was the majority of 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 the first half or so. They actually were looking more. Like, the shackles were a bit off because I think we were playing way too cautious against Villa. We played also, like, in, in a few other games. I mean, unless the European games, you normally see a more open, expansive brand of football. But yet, like, when you see now, when you have to adjust yourself to the Premier League, things are, you know, you, you don't get things, you know, things easy. You're going to have to, you know, grind yourself through everything. There's no element of surprise with Saka and Martinelli. And I don't even mean like just playing out wide, but I mean, sometimes come inside, you know, push Odegaard, maybe your Havertz out to the left and you play five to ten minutes, just kind of hovering in that pocket, play a quick one-two with Jesus and off Martinelli goes one-on-one with the keeper and, and vice versa with Saka. And just watch, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe they eventually get ironed out, say, over those next few weeks or whatever. But just watch, like, the last few games, even, like, say, upcoming games or whatever. You got every time, like, say you got, say, Ben White going on the overlap or you got Zinchenko on the overlap. You can actually see they want that, the, the pass, the return pass, when they're playing it short and... And, and, yeah. and then, like, the minute they check back, then it's all like that it was now a run that was done for nothing. Nothing, yeah, I know. And you see Ben White, you know, coming, sprinting down to make yeah, the yeah. effort for it. 
Yeah, so okay, we move on to the second half. Arsenal were, you know, very wasteful first half, as you mentioned also. Uh, this time around, I think they want to, you know, you know, be more fluid come the second half. The approach has been like right, but as I said, the, the or as you said, the finish was much to be desired. Then, 53rd minute from an Arsenal corner, the centre back Van Ecke ends up doing what we've been failing to do the most, like most of the first half. He ends up getting a looping <laughs> on at the near post, which floats over the, his own defence and his goalkeeper. And it, uh, Jesus ends up heading in unmarked, and Arsenal go one all up. Yeah, I know. Happy about the goal, but I knew we needed a second goal because, I mean, you know, Brighton, I don't even know his stat that they, they in, in, in all their league games, they've been scoring um, basically every game. Like okay. a lot of betting people like to have Brighton in a game, both teams to score because they, you know, they, they always find a way to score. So I knew we needed at least one or two more goals to add to that one. Yeah. Very true. Then, 75th minute, Havertz ends up missing a close-range header. And, I mean, it should have been, uh, you know, a better sort of finish because it was a really simple chance it was missed. Yeah, I know. And, and, and it should be before that, you know, we were lucky to not go two up with uh, Ben White. I think he flicked on a Martinelli corner, which was cleared off the line. So, you know, Brighton pulling up all stops. I think Dunk played a very, very good game. And I think, you know, like you said, Havertz should have done better there. And then, you know, I kind of when I saw Nketiah come and I was a bit stressed because I was thinking you know, Nketiah when he comes on as a substitution, he never really seems to eat the heights he does when he when he um you know starts the game. And I think also, you know, our it was about time Trossard came on for Martinelli because Martinelli wasn't doing anything to impress yeah. me really. Yeah, because I mean because sometimes I think what the thing it also sometimes irks me is when, when somebody's not offering much to the game and they get subbed and they're almost like off sulking, I'm thinking, why are you sulking? I mean, <laughs> you clearly did nothing to, to make the manager change his mind. or the, I mean, you clearly weren't fatigued. It's just you were ending up dribbling and running yourself into blind. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, 82nd minute, uh, big letter for Arsenal. Without oh. ends up uh, skipping past Ben White on the flank. And I mean, Ben White at times has these moments. I noticed it happened the last few matches that we've been playing now where he kind of switches off for a split second and in that time he switches off the players either beating him on the outside or coming inside and, and he's like totally he's standing over like half flat footed and he, and he doesn't have the the pace to catch up and the Japanese international ends up firing the ball across the box uh, Gross ends up trying to stick a foot out and direct the ball goalwards but he ends up just slamming the ball into the side netting but uh, I mean a big big chance for uh, Brighton and I've been a big warning sign for Arsenal. Matoma's a guy I wouldn't mind at Arsenal. You know, I'm sure he, he would love to join Arsenal. I'm not saying he would start week in, week out, but I think you'd he would give some fire to Martinelli and Saka actually as well. Because that is actually how I want a winger to play. Like yeah. That. Not just like saying or whatever. You go past, you take your man on. Because I mean, by the time you end up you scaring your 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 marker almost like shitless, they they're not gonna want to ever play like, any sort of piece of it because. What I found like also frustrating, like just to hop on in the first half of Bitcook. Like, I mean, you had that, that right back of this of Brighton injuring himself, so a youngster came on as a right back. Martinelli wasn't really skinning him that he, like the way he should have. And Mulder on the other side is like an aged uh, defender. That sucker should have been beating at that random. And he wasn't really taking advantage of that either. Yeah, I know. I mean, if we look up if we look at perfect example is like if you come up against Dan Byrne. 
I mean, yeah, he had other physical presence, but he plays like as a left back or a right back. So, I mean, if you have the face of Martinelli or Saka, I mean, you should be going, you know, yeah. to give him on. So maybe that's why, like I say, Matomo for me is somebody that, you know, you can play week in, week. You don't have to play week in, week out, but he can also do that job week in, week out and put that fire on Martinelli and Saka because he has a good finishing product and a final ball as well. But and he takes you, and he gets chalk on his boots as well. But like, do you think also it could be also Arteta that's that's, that's limiting the, the sort of natural play to like you know maybe what you know maybe since he wants that total control and if a guy like you know Saka or Martinelli burst down the wing, there's a possibility that they might lose the ball and and throw possession away as well. Because I mean, so you never know. Because you know something that, that, that I was also picking up yesterday watching the match was, um, what's his name? Milner at times was even you know. Okay, it's not like De Zerbi was really, and his team were, were you know dominating things much. But I was noticing every time Milner would go forward, Saka would not help really at the back, like yeah. to help out. And that was what, what was concerning me because I just thought to myself, okay, we're not just lucky they didn't have now uh, that that what's it? It's two, it's two PN or it's two PN. Yeah, yeah, he gave us a tough time the last. Yeah, time. that guy would probably be having a field day on that that left back side. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, then at the seventh minute, Odegaard ends up freeing the substitute Nketiah down the middle. Nketiah ends up getting into space and then fires a precision pass at Havertz. The German controls the ball, bursts forward, gets in the box, and then lines up a shot and ends up drilling it past the keeper and Arsenal go 2 0 up. You can't tell me you weren't singing the Kai Havertz song in your living room <laughs> after you made it 2 0 because I, I was singing it. I stood up and applauded that's what I did. I mean, I didn't no, I sang the song. I sang the song. I sang the 60 million down the drain song once he scored, just to celebrate that. And, you know, I actually initially was upset with that pass of Nketiah first because Saka was free out on the wings and also I had him in my captain as a fantasy, on my fantasy league team. So I was hoping he was going to trade the through for Saka to score, but you know, very good, almost like a reverse pass to yeah. to, to Abad's and, and know, clever pass. But you know, we also saw that it was like a gem of a, of a pass from Ketty. It's like, the minute he cuts that ball across, that, what you said, now the reverse pass, that uh, Van, what's it, Van de Eke or Van Eke? Yeah. He, he's like running almost like Jorginho, like, you know, head down and something <laughs> sprint, because like, you can see he's like already out of place. And you can see Dunk panic already, and Dunk is trying to already run across towards the middle of the pitch with that gaping hole is where, yeah. where uh, that Van Eker was. And I mean, it left that, that everything like really clear and open for, for uh, Harvard. But, you know, we also had to have a little chuckle. You can actually see Harvard is trying to dink the keeper, but he yeah. thanks the ball. And it, I mean, he ends up drilling it through the keeper somehow, his hands. And it like, manages to still score, but then, I mean, he even screws up the, the knee slide as well. <laughs> But we'll take it, we'll take it. I think, you know, 2-0, I think, game set and match, keeping Brighton to a clean sheet. And, you know, um, Avad scoring again. Another another crucial goal for us. Yeah. So now we come on to the big, big game before Christmas. Oh. Versus Arsenal next Saturday. Uh, okay, I wouldn't say my stomach is churning like yours normally would, but I mean... <laughs> You've got now two of the teams that are, you know, like really on form now. Like, I mean, the, the two of them have been fantastic if you look at it. Like the, the, yeah, 100%. And I mean, the thing is, like, both teams are also, you know, going into that match now the coming weekend. 
you also like littered with injuries both sides. I mean, uh, for me, it's just as long as Jota is out and and <laughs> there was another one also out. That it's always like a menace at the Amino. Yeah, and then you being now in 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 the Middle East playing there, so I don't mind now that. But I mean, it, it should be a fantastic game, and I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm actually keeping my fingers crossed that. Thomas Party is also fit because I mean I actually would like to have more solidity and fluid yeah. in the game because look it's all good and well Avertz plays and whatever in Whitfield, but I just think if you want to have a real scrap with Liverpool at at Anfield because look at the moment that Sabo's like is as long as like uh, one of the players it's almost like seemingly untouchable in that midfield like because when yeah. he's bursting through he almost like has a sort of Gundogan role for for Liverpool like you know the what he was at at Man City Gundogan. This is like the Sabus Lions, like the uh, Gundogan, because he's the one almost like making that whole uh, middle gel. And he's calling the shots there. I think you need a guy like, look, I don't think Party will probably make this game, but yeah. like in terms of start, but I think it would have been a perfect, proper, proper scrap with Party and Rice in the midfield with Odegaard, because like you said, Havertz is not this type of game player. I mean, he's good in certain games, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, you could even use him as a centre forward in a game like this at some point, you know. But in the midfield, I don't think so. You know, you need that kind of that strength in numbers, you know, to to go there and fight. I mean, McAllister, I don't know if he's going to be playing in that game, but I, I know that you know we're going to come up against. A, it's going to be an interesting game. I know you said that that back is injured. You think, oh, I don't know if he's going to be out for this game, but Endo seems to be also doing a decent job. So. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, because, I mean, look, they will also have to, to have sort of adjustments to the squad. Because, look, Matip is out for the season. Yeah. Uh, then you got the season. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Ligament, they said. Then it's Robertson that got the shoulder injury. So, he's out till late February. McAllister, the knee injury. But they also said he could also be back for the game. And then, of course, like, so question marks on Jota being back. But I mean, he could also be short, like, you know, not having enough uh, match practice. Thiago, I mean, I've seen him more. Funny enough, I've, even though they said, like, okay, a few days, a hip injury, whatever, but I mean, I've not seen him really even sit on the bench because I've been seeing him, like, uh, some of the footage I've been seeing is like he's in casual clothing in the sands. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. He also seems to, you know, to be very quite nippy and quick around the park. So, Look, I think Salah's the danger man. He's always been, you know, scoring against Arsenal. Yeah. When like him and Jota and Mane as well. When Mane was there with Firmino, they've yeah. always had fun against us. So, you know, let's just hope that somehow we can we can eke out the result, whether it be a win or a draw. But I see a draw even won't be enough to stay on top, maybe because Aston Villa with Una Emre, if they win their game, you know, they could go top and. On top of us for Christmas. Because, no, I mean, like, if you think of it, it was also last season. Uh, uh, was it Zinchenko that they had first issues with, with uh, Salah last season when they had to bring Tommy yeah. on? And then Tommy Asi actually just, you know, smothered him out of the game. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that was the game at the Emirates. Yeah, the Emirates game, yeah. So, and we, we struggled quite badly with him in the... I mean, he was the... I think it was Trent also that, 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 that kind of skinned... Um, Zinchenko for that cross for that Darwin to hit it to, to, to Firmino. So, you know, Arsenal were really, I think we were missing William Saliba in that game. So, you know, yeah. who knows that, 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 what difference that can make as well. 
Yeah, but I also think we are kind of down tools after we went two 0 up in that game. Yeah, I think that is something where... we've do a lot this season actually. You know, yeah. when we go two 0 up compared to going two 0 up later on in the game. Mm. But I mean, that, that's going to be good to then you know take Liverpool on with roughly like you know our near strongest. I mean, it would be actually nice. I mean, I don't know. No, no after they said nothing also about uh, Tommy Asu's fitness. Or have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't heard, but like you said, you know, it would be a bit nice to just have him in this game over Zinchenko, you know, no disrespect to Zinchenko, but I think a squad you have for a reason, for certain players, for certain games. And I just wonder, like, how Liverpool are also going to uh, lay things out, because, I mean, they still have a match on Wednesday evening against Western in the League Cup. Which is going to be quite crucial for them, I suppose, as well. Yeah, because, I mean, are they going to go, like, full st- I mean, of course, we know they're going like, to, Keller probably, you know, play there as a backup keeper. But I just wonder, like, with the rest, do they take that sort of chance of going full strength when Arsenal have almost, like, clearly a, a week of rest? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tricky one because I'm, I'm sure they want to also compete and win, win some silverware as well because, I mean, that could be a route to silverware. If you think about it, you know, if you look who's available, like the only threat that's probably there is Chelsea and Newcastle and they play each other in the next round, you know, and they play each other currently. So, you know, if, if I'm a Liverpool coach or fans probably think to themselves, you know what, if we go full strength, we can win this game. We'll be in a semi-final, a very favourable semi-final. I think they're the favourites to win it, the tournament itself. And then, you know, whatever happens against Arsenal happens because, you know, the the title race isn't decided on um, on, on on Saturday. But you know, for Arsenal to make a five-point gap on Liverpool and Man City would be huge, coupled by the fact that we've played a lot of the... all the big guns almost away from home, like the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea and Newcastle, even Aston Villa. You know, you've gotten... Those tricky away ties out of your hair. So, I know for Arsenal, if you had to tell me the start of the season, whether you were saying two points behind the the, the, the top spot or five points clear of Liverpool and 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 and, and City, I would have taken it. You know, no brainer. Yeah. So, do you have anything uh, else to say before we end off? Just the the Champions League draw. I mean, what do you think? I think Porto. I think it is the the last time we made it to the quarterfinals. We met Porto in that round of 16, so it could be a good omen. Yeah, I mean, I've got no problems. I mean, I'm quite happy with uh, the way it played out. I'm just, the only thing I'm, I'm uh, uh, unhappy about is the sort of tie that Man City gets, like with Copenhagen having to play them. I mean, because yeah, yeah. I was actually expecting, you know, like to, to be like a real thing. So you have almost like, Say, say Copenhagen against one of the, say the weaker group winners, you know, and then you have uh, Man City having like a sort of glamour tie against one of the top runners up. But uh, as I said, can't do anything about that now. Look, I think as an Arsenal fan, uh, if it to give me a tie, I think I would have looked at Copenhagen, Porto, um, you know, one of those games. Yeah. But like you said, you know, you kind of are hoping... Copenhagen somehow could make a quarterfinal and you meet them there along the way. But, you know, this Arsenal side, I think Bar City, Bayern Munich and Real Madrid, you know, I'm sure we could back ourselves to take it on. Yeah, fully agree with you. So, guys, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, We're looking forward to the matches coming up. 
we're going to do the podcast probably, or let's see, maybe Saturday, something like that. Because yeah. I still have work also on Saturday, but I mean, we can still organize our way best to it, or Friday or whatever. But I mean, we will do push, uh, a podcast out before Christmas anyway. So, take care, guys. Enjoy. Bye. Cheers, guys. Enjoy.